Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. I am Brittany Pacheco. I'm Fedra, that's Black Say, Fedra. <laughs> Tristan Jones. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss episode four of the HBO series, The Last of Us. Episode title is Please Hold to My Hand, which is, feels like there's a word missing in there. But uh, anyway, uh, before we get deep in the episode, let's get our overall thoughts. We'll go around the room. Brittany, what'd you think about Please Hold to My Hand? Yeah, it really does sound like it's missing a word like hold onto my hand or yeah. something like yeah. that. I know that's definitely in reference to the Hank Williams song that we heard in the episode, or it's a Hank Williams song. So right. that's the reason for it. People don't come at us. We're not illiterate. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, well, jury's out on Justin. <laughs> but anyway, so for overall the episode, it was the shortest in the series thus far. It's at a whopping 45 minutes, which I was okay with. Considering that there were no clickers, two big thumbs up for me. But I, I love the story progression and seeing this relationship develop between Ellie and Joel. Joel's definitely becoming a little bit more, I won't say open, but he's willing to talk to her a little bit more and kind of willing to entertain her <laughs> silliness, I guess you could say, especially towards the very end with these pun, you know, dad jokes, if you will. <coughs> and, you know, I, I, I love seeing that development, but I know that we also deviated a little bit from the game as well as per the showrunners where we were in this <clears throat> episode, you know, where instead of going to, I can't remember what city it was in in the game but we're in kansas city pittsburgh Pittsburgh. oh so in the game it's pittsburgh now we're in kansas city in the show so yeah kind of maybe hits a little too close to home for maybe frank and tristan because you know kansas city chiefs are <laughs> in the super bowl this coming week but hey um yeah frank is repping for his chiefs right so it, it was cool to see just how this <laughs> civilization if you will of quote-unquote free people are living but yet they're also holding down the establishment as if the government if it still existed was holding down the establishment so it's kind of weird how history can kind of repeat itself inadvertently so overall i did really enjoy this episode i have a lot of questions of course but i will get to those questions towards the end of this episode frank what did you think of this episode um, there were parts that I love. Like, I love the maturation of um, Ellie and Joel's relationship. Um, it's clear that Joel has been out of practice as far as parenting and has lost a lot in the last 20 years. And that that side has been very dormant you know, within him. So seeing it, seeing the jokes back and forth and and seeing him trying to, like, mentor Ellie in certain ways is, is kind of uh, refreshing to see. Um, as far as like this, the story in this episode, I thought kind of dragged in some parts. Um, I think once I, I think we'll get a better idea once I know who these people are that are in this in Kansas City. But overall, I did I did like the this I did I did like those two the two main characters. But I guess we'll see as far as the rest of the characters that, that are new in this episode. Tristan, what, what are your overall thoughts? 
I love this episode. Um, and I loved um, how, so like the, we, we know that the show made, took a big risk and, you know, last week with deviating from the story and like really yeah. going in a completely different route with Bill and Frank. Um, and I love how that episode ended because it got us right back into Joel and Ellie. And that set up this episode so much because at the end of a long, long time, you start to see like the the kind of thawing out of the ice between Joel and Ellie. Um, And that's, again, it it flows so naturally into this episode because we're seeing just more of it, more relationship building between Joel and Ellie, more bonding, more like, you know, Frank said, Joel kind of instinctually taking on like the, the parental role. Um, while also trying to keep himself guarded at the same time. It's an amazing acting job by Pedro Pascal in that. Like, you just really have to pay attention to his face. I, I remember turning to my wife when they were in the um, in the the building after, you know, Joel kills, uh, after Ellie shoots the guy, Joel kills him. Um, and they're just, you know, this before Joel teaches her, you know, how to shoot a gun and all these, how to load the clip and all that good stuff. But like just the 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 way his face kind of twitched in different points, like you can tell he was more accepting of Ellie, but you could tell he was also trying to keep that wall up at the same time. You could, it's all on Pedro Pascal's fa- face, and that's just amazing acting at his core. Um, I love the theme of guilt in this episode and how it played in so many different ways um, that I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, just really in every character for the most part that we see with, with dialogue, there's a measure of guilt. The doctor, you know, trying to guilt um, my girl. I literally just forgot her name. Kathleen. Kathleen. I was yeah. just listening, watched the whole thing about her. Um, how he's trying to guilt her into not shooting him, right? Uh, you know, Joel is feeling the guilt from his past mistakes. Ellie's feeling the guilt from what she had, you know, shooting the guy and also past mistakes. Um, like the guilt just runs throughout the entire thing. Um, I love it. So I'm also privileged with the fact that I, I know, I don't know these characters as far as by name, but I do know these, you know, the, the group and their aims and, and, and how they played, you know, in the narrative of the game. But what I love so much about this episode and really the show and what I thought the show would do, could do, and they've done it in spades is they've taken these, you know, NPC, NP, non-NPCs, you know, non-playable characters, mm-hmm. and they've given them a voice. Like, it's not, now I'm not just looking at Fedra or the Fireflies or this new group um, as just faceless people that you're shooting, right? Or faceless people you're trying to dodge. Like, these are people, these are people. <laughs> like, these are actual people, and they have stories and families and, you know, moms apparently <laughs> like that are close by um so i love this episode for all those reasons uh it's continuing the pace of the season and it did nothing but make me even more excited for for next week absolutely yeah so just want to say thanks to amber and for marcy for joining the chat uh, i'm glad to hear that both of y'all are enjoying the show and we hey if y'all want to join us for the pod you're welcome to join. We'd love to get y'all's perspective on the show on the podcast if you're available and want to do that. So, but uh, as far as my uh, take on the episode, uh, very similar to what uh, Tristan was just saying. You know, we took that detour in episode three with with Bill and Frank, and this episode we we got back on the journey with Joel and Ellie, 
as they're trying to make their way to Wyoming. And, you know, I've said this every week, but the pacing of this show is just so great, especially for someone like me who did not play the games because they're just, they're giving us like just enough information about the, like about the main characters, you know, being Joel and Ellie, but they're also introducing new characters and we got to introduce the several new, well, a handful of new characters. And we'll get to that in a second, but, um, I like that we got back on the journey. We're back going and you're, you're starting to see the progression between the main characters. And uh, I guess it's what we're kind of, we'll kind of pick up from there. Like let's get to the, like the main plot point. Uh, Joel and Ellie are traveling through Missouri. They're on their way to, to Wyoming and they try to take a shortcut uh, through, you know, kind of a rundown part. I mean, I guess, I guess everything's a rundown part, but uh, in Kansas city and they get ambushed by bandits. Uh Brittany, what what were you thinking whenever this was happening? Like you saw their, you know, the tires get punctured. Uh, it seemed like they were going to be in a bad, bad place. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you really can't not expect something like that to happen uh, because outside of those that are infected, the other worst kind of enemy you'll encounter are people, people who are striving to survive, people who are trying to just obviously make it another day and they will do whatever means necessary in order to make it another day. No different than Joel traveling up to Boston with his brother. You know, we, we get a little bit more backstory about him and Tommy and how Tommy is kind of like this, this dreamer type person thinking he could, he could be a hero. And that's why they made their way from Texas to Boston uh, all those years ago. And how Tommy just kind of like flaked out in the end and, you know, he did his own thing and Joel's kind of always been there to try to protect him. And so when Joel and Ellie encounter this ambush, Joel is instinctively going to protect Ellie, right? Like he referred to her as cargo, right? Because, you know, he, he said that he's all about basically protecting family, his, his daughter, of course, family, his brother, family tests for many, uh, for all intents and purposes, was family. They were together for so long. But to him, Ellie is just cargo. And I don't obviously anticipate that lasting much longer, given what happened during that ambush with Ellie pretty much saving Joel's life from being strangled to death by by his own gun, if you will, right? And so I, uh, I wasn't entirely surprised. I thought it was kind of cool just how the resources that are available around you, you, you kind of just make do with what you can. You get like this guy to say, please help me, please, please. And Joel just immediately recognizes it because he says he's been on both sides. He's been on the helping side. He's also been on the side that will deceive you in order to get whatever it is that they need. So it was interesting to see like how things played out and how he could recognize what was about to happen. And then everything that just played out afterwards, once he wrecked, the truck and the guy Brian apparently who's pleading for his life and he says come on we can talk we can talk we can be friends we can do this we can do that mom 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 like (laughs) begging for his life (laughs) begging begging for his life and and you know and and Frank I want to ask you this you know do you think that this kid really was pleading because he just felt bad or because obviously he's just trying to survive Man, fuck that nigga, man. I would have killed him too, bro. Wow. Real, real shit. They shot, they shot at them. They they clearly saw a kid in the truck. They shot at them. They 
spray bullets all over the place. I would have killed that dude. He was begging for his life. He was begging for his life out of fear. He knew he was cornered. He knew that he, uh, imminent death was coming. So they did. They did. They did what was right. Um, and I mean, just again, Brittany, you brought it up, but like the people part, like that's a motif that runs throughout this entire episode. And to kind of piggyback on what Frank is saying, yeah, he's begging for his life because we see this a lot in a, in a lot of shows where people beg for their life after they just tried to kill somebody. The, the nature of murder is that you're not seeing the person, the victim as human, right? You're not recognizing their humanity. You're taking away part of their humanity. And it's not until you're in the opposite position where somebody has the, the power to take away. And this is another, another theme and motif that pops up is power, right? People in power. Like when you're on the other side, you know, of the victim side where somebody literally has the power to take away your humanity, that's when you start to really recognize how much you didn't see their humanity, right? Now, now you want to like kind of connect on that human human level and it's too late because you've you just try to take us out. Like you you had every plans to rob us, to to kill us and all these things. Like like Frank said, you know there's a girl in the car and just didn't give a fuck, right? And yeah. you only saw humanity when you when yours is about to be taken away. So fuck them. And I like how you say that because even when Ellie later on, she kind of tries to bring up what happened with Joel and asked him, of course, you know, how do you, how did you know it was an ambush? And he, and he, that's when he says, I've, I've played both sides. And she asked him point blank, have you killed innocent people? And he doesn't answer her, you know? And, and I think that's kind of like something important to hold on to, you know, about humanity is that people are going to once again, do things that they're, feel like they need to do in order to survive. And then when they realize that their life is pretty much at the end, they're going to try to plead to, you know, that, that human side of you and, and, and play on your emotions. I, I, why that is, I don't know. I guess it's just human nature. Humans are, humans are selfish. Uh, humans are concerned with, you know, self interest. And that's, I mean, what is murder? What is, you know, any type of violent act done against people, you know, rape, whatever is taking away people's humanity, right? Because you feel like you have the power to do so. Um, you know, we're not talking about self-defense. We're talking about murder. Like I'm, I'm aggressively seeking to take away your humanity. And part of that, a lot of that is done in self-interest, right? Either it's that, that dopamine that some, you know, a rare few people get from murder is from, Hey, I need this from you. Or it's whatever. But, that's just the kind of the definition of, of murder and humans are narcissistic and all, you know, we're so driven by self-interest that it leads us to these really dark places. Also too, like, like walking dead, a lot of these factions, a lot of these quote unquote leaders won't leaders prior, prior to the pandemic or prior to the, to the zombie, to the zombie uh, apocalypse. A lot of these people who are, who are malcontents, they were just low level, lower class people. If you look at Walking Dead, Terminex, um, Negan, the governor, these are lower level people who never had power before. And now that this world is, is now we're in this dystopian world now, the first taste of power they do have, and you see with all these all these villains, they go overboard, they abuse it, they treat people the way that the world treated them prior to, to the world going coming to an end. So that's one thing I do I do see. I don't know much, I don't know much about this Kathleen character, but I know for a lot of um I know for a lot of uh, people of that of that elk, 
once they get power they never had before, they abuse it. Cotton boy. Damn it, man. Bars. <laughs> damn. Yeah, the people, the people who are in power or who weren't in power, whenever they get in power, they end up acting like the people who were in power. That that's what often happens. Um, we, we go back to back to Brian, who you know we see that uh, Joel takes him out with a knife, but before that, Brian had the upper hand. He was strangling Joel with his with his own rifle. And then Ellie has to intervene. She uses her the pistol that she got at Bill's house. And you know, we we talked about this last episode how she, you know, she kind of took that gun, didn't want Joel to know she had it. I knew it was going to come into play at some point. She was going to have to save Joel with it. I didn't realize it'd be the next episode. So that was kind of cool how right away she's uh, you know, got the gun. It just makes sense. I mean, in this world, if you're a able-bodied person, you should be armed and prepared for whatever is going to happen because it's probably going to happen. Can I get can a kid get a thank you? Hey, hey say, say say fam, thanks for saving my life, man. I, I appreciate that. Like, he takes the gun and like says nothing of it. Like what the fuck? But if if that was his daughter, would he thank her, or would he be more concerned about what this does to her humanity? He's in he's in parental mode. He just doesn't know it yet. He he it yeah. hasn't fully kicked in. But he's fully in parental mode. Like mm-hmm. just the, the fight or flight, like, hey, seat, seat belts off. I need you to run. Making her look him in the eye and say, hey, you're everything's going to be OK. You're not going to get hit. He's in parent. He's in full parental mode. And as a parent, like if my if my son shot somebody for me, like uh, would there be an eventual thank you? Hell yeah. We can we'll sit and have a beer in a moment. I, I <laughs> If I know if I know what, what murdered would you know shooting somebody with you know extreme acts of violence does to the the brain the soul i'm i'm concerned about his or her soul you know what i'm saying and joel is concerned about her soul in the moment in her humanity because he's in full caring parental mode yeah and like this isn't right. she isn't cargo she isn't a friend she isn't his brother she isn't tess like she is somebody he sees he sees her he also sees sarah and he'd be shit scared if Sarah mm-hmm. like shot somebody and had to live through that, that's why he keeps apologizing. I'm sorry you had to go through that. You, this isn't fair, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. This isn't good. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he he wanted her to know that she didn't kill the guy too. You know, he keeps saying like, "You shot him, I killed him." Like you just shot him, you didn't kill him. You know, like it was like it's kind of semantics because you know, obviously, <laughs> without the shot, he doesn't get. He, there's no way he takes that guy down. But uh, he but, is he is being very parental. No but some but some tells me this is going to be the norm. And I think I think you need to, and I, I think that's with the next scene he's showing her how to properly hold a gun and and um and and how and how to you know dislodge the the the, the magazine and all that stuff. I think that was I think that was his way of saying, hey, I don't I don't approve of what you had to go through, but this is going to be necessary for us to, uh, to survive this and get through this. And we they bond. Today, we potted today, dog. God damn it. <laughs> and they bond like so much more at that moment when. Of course, he confiscated the gun after she shot the shot Brian, right? And and she kind of, in a way, was like asking for it back. And so he, you know, he puts it behind his his uh in his what do you call it? Uh, waistline or waistline? Good lord, yeah, I cannot come up with that yeah. word, Jesus. And and then when they're trying to hide out from all the activity that was going out, uh, before he shows her how to properly hold the gun or whatever, you see that bond, you see that connection. Now he's like, okay, like, you know, you've proved yourself, you can hold your own, but let me help you 
And you just see how elated she is with being allowed to keep her her gun, if you will. And, and he even then for, tells her, like, you're going to shoot your ass off because she tries to, like, you know, put it in, in her jacket or whatever. And, she, you know, like every teenager out there will do, you're not going to listen to your elders like this just you know because you know better right you know better so we'll see if she actually ends up shooting her ass off or not but hopefully she doesn't so and again as a parent after the initial hey i'm worried about you you there's also reality right and this is where we are so if we're going to be here let me at least teach you so that you know you don't hurt yourself or me in the process so again this is right. this is the next step in parental mode Mm -hmm. I was I was so nervous, man. When she pointed the gun at, at the dude that was that was choking jo uh, Joel, she was she was pointing down, and I thought the bullet was gonna like protrude yeah. the dude. And I thought so too. Yeah, yeah she I was, was so nervous. It was low. It was so low the way like the angle. Yeah. Yeah, like dude, yeah. hit that get, get the headshot in, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so I wild to me because again, I played the I played part two first, right mm. before part one. So all I know of Ellie is you know what you see in, in part two yeah and like seeing the progression of how she became that is so wild to me because i'm like damn like you're nervous doing this at some point now for something that's completely natural in in part two sorry spoilers but like i'm sorry ellie's a well you, you said she has a sadistic streak i mean you've already like made it known so not even just that she's just really fucking good <laughs> at the shit she's sadistic about she's really okay. fucking good yeah, she, I mean, she so she's story. Joffrey. She's Joffrey. Like, let's she'll play a character in the video games too. Oh yeah. No, oh, she's okay. Part two is all is pretty much all Ellie. Oh, okay. Uh, for different reasons, which you know we won't talk about. But like, it, it, she's not Joffrey because she still has a moral con conscience, like, and she still wants to do the right thing. But she also is plagued by you know revenge and and so on and like all these different human emotions at the same time. But what I just mean to say, like, she's just really good. She's really skilled and talented. And I think she mentions in uh, episode two or three uh, about the bow and arrow. She's like, hey, I'm really good at that. Or maybe I'm thinking about the game. Never mind. I'm shut up. <laughs> so, I have a question. So, Go for it. so after after episode three, they, they leave the, the Massachusetts out of Boston area. And I'm looking at a map and I'm trying to understand if they're going to Wyoming, why are they going so far down south? Because Kansas City is like, it's not at the top of Missouri, but you could have went through, I'm looking, I'm looking at this map right now, you could have went through motherfucking uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, uh, Iowa. They do go through Pittsburgh first. Say it again? They do go through Pittsburgh first, and then they make their way yeah. through. So but why I'm, are they so far down south, though? I'm guessing that what's not being shared with us as the audience is that maybe there's cutoff points. Like, certain cities are just not functioning at all. There's no roads you can get through. Uh, it, it might be just something known amongst Joel and Tess and all the other people that were part of this organization that, hey, we can go here, but we can't go here. So that's why we have to go so far right. out of... Out of Fedra is yeah. in so many different... Yeah places like Fedra is essentially the the main government in this country you know that this dilapidated mm -hmm. country uh yeah. so and joel would know like i said they've been on these routes for 20 years 20 years yeah. you know what i'm saying they right. should know so so tristan my, my question is to you are all federal compounds bad in each state 
are they all under the same uniform understanding of like we we kill we kill people that we don't know just to make sure they don't turn into the clickers and and this high strung government that we saw in Boston are they all like that across the nation or just certain short, parts? Short answer is yes. Short answer is yes. Gotcha. Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my short answer. <laughs> so, and they did say that the the show showrunners and the directors of the recently they chose Kansas City over like Pittsburgh in the game for this stuff to happen was because of where they shot the show was in Canada, Calgary, and yeah, and they they thought it looked kind of more like the Midwest than it would uh, Pittsburgh. So that was the the reason why they chose Kansas City. But uh, speaking of Kansas City, so after Brian is killed, uh, another group of uh, bandits i guess you will they're led by kathleen they find the bodies this is where we meet kathleen who is uh, played by melanie linsky which i did not know that she's from new zealand like mm-hmm. i yeah. thought she was an american actress like she's been in so much stuff in new zealand yeah she has mastered the american accent yeah. and not just like one region i mean she's been in sweet home alabama she's been right. a girl uh, coyote ugly so new jersey I mean, she can do it all. She's incredible. I, I thought her. she was just like a gal from the Midwest or something. I had nope. no idea she was from New Zealand. So nope. whenever she's a Kiwi. In, yeah. And the, uh, you know, after the episode stuff, like when she started talking, I'm like, what the hell? She's she like said, British <laughs> or from like Australia or something. Like she tried to say dark and it was just like Dak. And I was like, yeah, oh, there we dark. go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yep. But, uh, I, I know her from, I, I know her from two and a half men. She plays a stalker. Mm-hmm. And two and a half men, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's old girl." She all men. obsessed with Charlie Sheen, yeah. I all remember. Obsessed. So let's mm-hmm. see. These are two crazy, rangy disparity of characters that she's playing. And I mean, I don't know much about Kathleen, but she she did she did a kick ass job so far. So, from what I recall, because I watched the inside the episode after the episode, is that Kathleen and Perry, who is kind of this militant guy who with the beard, the long hair. Yeah. They're not known characters or players in the game. They're they were they're created just, for the show. Exactly. Right. And so you kind of like with the Bill and, and Frank's story, you're, you're learning more about them and why they operate the way that they operate and uh, things of that nature. And so with with Kathleen, she seems to be like a leader for this resistance group, if you will, but kind of still taking on Kansas city by force, if you will, because she's of the belief that these intruders are the work of, of someone named Henry. Henry, right. Henry, which apparently is a, is a known character in the game. I'm just going based off the things that I've heard and read. I don't know anything personally about it, but, (laughs) but she makes mention of her, about her brother when she's, interrogating this this doctor in in a cell right and the doctor who delivered her when she was born apparently so you know like that's just not weird at all but then again weird things have happened and and so she talks about how the doctor knows the location of henry but he won't give up that information there's something about her brother that i obviously have questions about but i think i got my answer watching the preview for next week's or this coming week's episode and it's it's interesting how her motivation is solely fixated on because of this this boy or a man named Henry. 
and I don't know who can all delve more into that. I'm assuming Chris, uh, Tristan. So he's like, yeah, uh, I can. <laughs> I'll say if you want me to. Um, so Henry, I'll, I'll just say that Henry and Sam are, um, they are in the game. Uh, they're brothers, right? They are brothers. Okay. You'll see, I don't know how long we're going to see them in the show, um, but you'll see a lot of them um, in the time that, that they're there. Um, I don't know how it's going to go after that. Well, I do know, but I don't, I don't know if the show is going to deviate or not. So I, like everything I'm saying is speculative, but yeah. there are major characters in the game. Um, but to kind of go back, um, there is no Kathleen um, in this. And what I love about the show is that, yeah, they're creating Kathleen as a character, you know, individually. But I learned about the faction that she's leading that I know a lot about in the game, mostly through like, you know, Joel dialogue. Uh, but that's even that's not a lot. Right. So I'm learning much more about the faction through Kathleen you know, um, than I would in a game because again, it's like very small dialogue. And these are just people that you, you, you learn to run from, hide from, shoot, kill, but you don't really learn about them as people. Like what, what, what got them there? What's their motivations? Um, you know, who they were before, uh, the world went to shit. So like, that's what I love so much about this particular show. Um, uh, not even just this episode, but what they've done with a lot of the non-NPC characters. Yeah, they really put a you know put names and faces on characters, like you said that they're just characters you interact with, but you you can't play and you you know you don't really know what their story is. And I think the choice of Melanie Linsky, as we were just mentioning, she's been in so many things and she's such a familiar face. Like she's one of those actresses that like you know you may not you may not know her name, but you're like oh she's been in this, she's been in that, I've seen her, you know. And also she's like not someone who you would think would be, you know, if you're coming up with candidates to be a, like the leader of a revolutionary kind of deal faction, she doesn't seem like the kind of person that would be the, the leader of this, you know, like you have, you have Perry, this guy who's like the, the military guy with the military background. He's her right-hand man. Um, it seems like, uh, you know, having her be the, the face of this, uh, this, this revolutionary movement's kind of strange. And you're, you know, obviously I think we're going to get into her backstory in episode five, but um, I think it's interesting that they chose her to be in charge of this group. What do you think about that, Frank? It's an, it's an interesting choice for sure. I think, <clears throat> and hopefully the show does this, it shows either a flashback of like what she, what she was before. Maybe she had influence prior to the, Zombie, zombie apocalypse, her and her brother. Cause like it, I don't, I want to say this last time sexist because you know, I, I love women. I think women power is beautiful, but she's leading this brigade um, of very militant guys. And they seem to be taking, they seem to be taking her order very, very well, which yeah. leads, which leads me to believe that she had influence prior. Cause it doesn't look like she has any type of military training. It doesn't look like she has any type of like assassination type abilities. So um, I think she had she had a prominent role probably either in government either some, somewhere where her her leadership skills takes effect um, during this during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I'd like to build on that just ever so slightly. Okay, and it was one of and it was one of these questions I had, of course, after we are introduced to Kathleen. She 
talks a lot about the brother and then like these this uh henry person and not knowing like what's so significant about henry and and now we learn sam their brothers but why would they drop info or drop a mention about her brother and it not go anywhere i mean thus far but then when she and perry are investigating the site where bill's truck was shot at Perry takes her away to say, hey, you know, I've, I've found something. They go up into the building across the way, the attic. There's drawings, like superhero type drawings, kids drawings. And there's empty cans of food and what have you. So it's kind of like, okay, well, they can't be that far, Henry and Sam, right? But then Perry takes her elsewhere. And it looks like maybe it's a basement kind of situation. And the cement floor is kind of caved in. You know, it's breaking up. But then you see movement. You see movement underneath. Like, something's about to crawl out. And she's just like, okay, fuck. Like, you know, close the door. We'll deal with this later. And I'm thinking, you're going to deal with that later? Yes. Finding these kids or, or whatever is more important than dealing with whatever that is? So to me, it's like, oh, she knows about this. Like, she knows who or what this thing is. And I'll bet you a million dollars, it's her brother. It's her brother. Uh. And her brother's a monster. That's a good, that's a good guess. You heard it here first. I, I heard it here first. That, that's a good, I, I like that. I think that, I think you're, yeah. Should I you say why? The, no. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds no, no, like, I the, say, should I say why I might disagree with you? And I don't know. I think that, okay. uh, I don't know at all. Um, but just, ooh. Because I'm just trying to piece together, I'm just trying mm -hmm. to piece together why, why she would believe that the doctor, the family doctor would give up information about her brother and she claims that her brother died, but the human side died and he became a monster clicker kind of person. I don't know what they're called. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, on or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to piece things together. It's, I don't know. From what I know about what I think we're going to see, or kind of know what we're going to see next episode her brother would have had to die a very long time ago. I'll just say that. To 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 be what that thing could possibly be underground. See, that's my, that's my one objection, is at the time, like, we don't have enough backstory, so you may be right. And uh, maybe so. And maybe so. We'll see. We'll see. But, but, when, but when Perry showed her that, when Perry showed Kathleen that room, it was almost like he was he was showing her as if, Oh shit! What the fuck is in here? Like it, it was. It wasn't like uh, what we got in here is is manifesting to something big yes. or different. It was like, oh, this whole time there was something in here. We had we had nothing. We knew nothing about it. That's what it looked like to me when Perry mm -hmm. was telling her about what was in that room. I, I did not get that vibe. I hundred percent did not get that vibe. I've kind of got it as, hey, I know you're preoccupied with with this up here with the addict and and the findings. But I need your attention down here because this thing, creature, your brother, I'm saying brother, is starting shit. Like he's starting to come up, right? You know, maybe he was dormant for a while and now there's like awakenings. It's like the volcano, you know, before it erupts kind of situation. I don't know. That's just my guess because why show that scene if it's not going to make a big impact later on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like it's something that's known. 
What's that? It definitely, will. It, it definitely will, though. Just oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's yeah. known. They just haven't dealt with it. And for her yeah. to say, "We'll deal with this later. We got to go deal with this these boys situation." To me, that's priorities way out of order. And I'm like, "Oh no, she knows about this shit. She knows about this stuff. They've known about it." But what's crazy to me is that it's if that's true, that's very idiotic on, on Kathleen's part, only because you don't know, know how long. Because this is this is within like your 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 zone area, what you what you're patrolling, like you don't know when this thing's gonna explode. You don't know when when that building's gonna implode. You got you got soldiers and and not just soldiers. You got kids operating soldiers walking around this area. Like like for you to for you to like kind of just say, oh, let's put this apocalyptic event to the side. We we'll worry about it later on. It's stupid as fuck to me. It is. I think that you know so. What we're led to believe is that this this group that's led by Kathleen, they apparently ran Fedra out, right? Is that is that fair? They ran him out of Kansas City. So if that's the case, they love to they kill them all, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, you know, semantics like ran him out, yeah. shot him, like whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Uh, they Ramsey Bolton that yeah, shit. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, but maybe this is like a known place where they buried infected bodies or something, and maybe that's why they're. That's why there's there's like this uprising from the ground because we know that they're connected, right? These uh, clickers, they have these these connected tendrils or whatever. I yeah, doubt it's works. like one. I don't think it's like one. Uh, you know, Incredible Hulk version of the clicker that's like rising on the ground. I, I feel like it's a bunch of them. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I think uh, it's one. I think, think it's just that one. You think it's just the one they showed in the preview for next week? I that's that's kind of what I'm guessing. I mean, if it just seems kind of like a setup, like. This this big move, well, not big, but movement from cement, you know, broken down cement, whatever. And and it's like, eh, you, you think something pretty big is probably going to pop up there, you know, like a, like a daisy, you know, just hello. And but it is, And it is like Incredible Hulk, actually. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. There you go. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is pretty comparable, actually. Okay. <laughs> like, there's some so parallel no, right there. I, I think this definitely could be. Uh, the Incredible Hulk version of a clicker. If there's a different name for it, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to refer to it as Incredible Hulk clicker. We'll talk about it next week. Gotcha. Uh, I do think maybe there's a connection to Kathleen. I think it's either her brother or just something that they've obviously known about for a while and just have put off because they don't want to deal with it. And I think it's coming for everyone. It's it's just, it's it's time. And and I do, I, I like... Tristan, for you to say that if this was the case of it being her brother, then it had to happen early on. I think that's totally plausible. Uh, but obviously, we'll have to get more background about Kathleen and her history I, with her brother think, and all that. I think that theory is, is the more I think about it, actually, I think it's plausible, really plausible. I'm so smart. No. <laughs> because, uh, and I, just really quickly before we get back, like the, when the doc, her and the doctor were talking, it's talking about how Fedra was basically, you know, searching for people and whatever and giving information. This seems like something that would happen early on in the establishment of Fedra. So right. maybe. Maybe. You, you heard go. it here first, y'all. Mm-hmm. Watchers in the basement. If you haven't already done so, subscribe, like this video, give us your theories. I'm right. Damn it. <laughs> so, so this resistance group that Kathleen's over. Are they comparable to like the fireflies? Would w- the fireflies and them be uh, adversaries, or would it, or would they be comrades in this? In this, uh, what in this you'll world? see in this show 
over the course of however long it lasts is that they're this is broken this is broken down america right there are no you know, there's states but they're not really states because what do you need to have to be a state you need a, a fucking local government right and there are none of these things right they're just places on a map um so what you'll see is that there are tons of factions everywhere that you go like the, the group that we're seeing now is all the way in kansas city right so and there's very little interconnection between these these different parts of the country so like they have they're they're called the hunters i believe um and you got fireflies which are you know northeast um or and they have different places in the west and such so like you'll see d different factions based on the parts of the country that different characters are in there's a lot of them that's, that's short answer <laughs> so so after that we see uh so joel and ellie kind of uh after they've killed brian they kind of find their way to uh I don't know if it's like an apartment building or a high rise somewhere or something. They find somewhere to like stay for the night. And uh, Joel, he, you know, so that, you know, so they can sleep in peace. They, they, he crushes up some glass, puts it on the ground so that he can hear people, you know, coming up on him if, if that were to happen. And then we fast forward to the end of the episode and he didn't hear the people come in. We, I guess we get to meet uh, Henry and Sam. It looks like Sam, uh, might be deaf. Is that a fair portrayal it, it, of that? It yeah. looks that way. Um, yeah, which would be a complete deviation from the game. Okay, so they've got guns drawn to uh, Ellie and Joel, and I thought the part about how Joel has a hearing problem in one of his ears, and Ellie points it out. Like you know, you if you sleep on that ear, I can't. You know, you won't be able to hear anything. And lo and behold, he in the night, I guess he turns over on the wrong ear, and then of course. Uh, Sam and Henry get the jump on, um, jump on them. Uh, what did you think about that, Brittany? The ending of this episode, I thought it was, a, I mean, a well done ending. I, like I said, throughout this episode, we've got we've seen Ellie and Joel kind of build their relationship a little bit more, they've bonded a little bit more. Ellie's dropping these dad joke puns, like she's got a book full of them, and and he's just you know not having it at the very beginning and then at the very end and i i laughed i i genuinely laughed at this joke because i thought it was great i've heard it before but i i liked the deliverance that bella ramsey gave and and she says to joel you know hey did you know that diarrhea is hereditary he's and he looks at her like what she goes yeah it runs in your genes and it's just like <laughs> it's terrible i was about to it's... google if diarrhea was <laughs> 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 oh man but but joel can't help but break you know and he's like fucking stupid but he's giggling and they're giggling they're having a great time giggling about it and and yeah they eventually do go to sleep but these and i really want to know how these two brothers were able to sneak up on them so quietly like were they already in the room and that's why no one heard anything I don't know, because with Joel spreading the broken glass across the floor, you know, from the doorway to where they were sleeping. Brilliant idea. Obviously, you hear crunch, 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 ideally. But yeah, with Joel having a, a hearing problem on his right ear and he was asleep on that right ear. Yeah, you're or, or left on the left ear and he and he can't hear out of the right ear. Yeah, you're you're going to have issues. So 
so but, Joe rolled over on his right he rolled. side. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 He did. Um, just so very, very slight deviation uh, in the game. Um, so same thing. Joel and Ellie are escaping the hunters. Uh, they're in Pittsburgh instead of Kansas City. Uh, they manage to sneak through a building. They get up to a high rise and they come in through the window and Henry uh, tackles Joel as he comes in into the window. And that's where we meet Henry and Sam. Um, so that's difference there. I wonder like why, why is Kathleen? So like, why are they after Henry and Sam? That's the, that's what we did not get any kind of inkling to, or at least in my opinion, uh, Frank, do you have any idea why this faction is chasing down these two guys? Cause they're black. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, no. A, it's a fair it's a fair I'm thought sorry. like it's yeah it's damn like, yeah. you went yeah. there i'm sorry I, I, i've been sitting on that for the last like 10 minutes <laughs> no I, I i don't i don't know because like at first glance they don't look threatening they, they look like young kids just trying to survive so i mean unless they have unless they know something that that could be detrimental to to kathleen's uh group or or Kathleen's enemies. That's the only thing I, I, I see them as posing, a, uh, being posed as a threat, is that they have some viable information that even the doctors probably knew before he died that only Henry and Sam know. Yeah, it feels like they were like in the same faction, or that maybe they turned their backs on him or something. Like there's some kind of betrayal. What do you think about that, Brittany? I think there's definitely going to be something of that nature to be revealed. Why else would would Kathleen be so hardened about? finding these these two brothers and and she makes mention about that the work of quote unquote the work of joel and ellie and this failed ambush what have you that's the work of of henry you know he he has some means to the outside world he's communicated with the outside world to bring in these people and where she would have gotten that information like you know it's I don't know. I, I kind of see it as like a leader who's going to do and say whatever it takes in order to get their point across and make sure that their agenda is being moved forward. Right. So I, I don't know. There, there's got to be some history between the two. And if Henry has any information about maybe let's say her brother or something, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure why these two brothers would be so significant to Kathleen. Tristan. I absolutely know why these two brothers are so significant. <laughs> um, Don't and, reveal it to us. No, nah, I'm definitely not. Um, I'll just <laughs> say that, um, again, because there's no Kathleen in the game, right? Right. You get this kind of one-sided, you know, dialogue from Henry about, you know, why why they broke away. But, you know, we'll definitely find that out next episode. Uh, we don't have to wait long to find out why. Uh, but you, I think you'll hear, obviously, more rhetoric from Kathleen more inflaming rhetoric from Kathleen towards her faction. Um, and you'll see the opposite from Henry, but we'll, we'll find that out. You'll learn a lot about Henry and Sam, some things you like, some things you maybe again, that you, you may not like, but. I mean, cause it looks like Sam for sure is, is a young kid. He's what, like 10, mm. 11, Henry is 18, maybe yeah. between 18 and 24, let's say like. He's, Eight, yeah, between 18 and 20 in the game. I want to say. Okay, so, I mean, 
uh, is it just the two of them? I'm assuming it's just the two of them. There's no parents involved. Like, not like Brian. My mom's like around the corner, you know, kind of situation. So, Why is the mom yeah. right around the corner? It's, yeah. I, like, I don't think people yeah. tell me. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think his mom was around the corner. I think the other guys that he was with were around the corner. Yeah, they were looking exactly. for him right away. So, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I did want to point out that uh, the actor who plays Perry, he, his name is Jeffrey Pierce, he portrayed Tommy in the video game. So yep. that's pretty cool. They they got the video game actors, and of course, the uh, the main characters in the video game, the, the ones who voice Joel and Ellie, those actors are going to appear later on in the in the series as uh, as characters. So very cool. That's cool. I like how they're they're kind of uh, keeping that Last yeah, of Us family the official podcast, right? Troy Baker is that guy, yeah. Troy, and then Ashley Johnson is the uh, actress who voices ellie she'll be in the show also so actually i read a spoiler about that i didn't mean to but i know who she plays and i was like damn it so you and spoilers justin like i know you don't go looking for them but no, they, i tell you just, you need to stay off the internet they you gotta stay me. off twitter you gotta stay off the twitter you gotta stay off the youtube yeah gotta stay yes i'm saying D in front of those things yeah so the next episode as we found out is gonna actually uh episode five will be released the early It'll be on Friday, February 10th at 8 p.m. Central Time for us um, on HBO Max and on HBO On Demand to avoid going head-to-head with the Super Bowl on Sunday. I guess it would be like the end of the Super Bowl probably because the Super Bowl kicks off like at 5.15 or so. So probably the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> so probably a smart move. Um, however, though, for those of you who are watching on, if you have cable or whatever and you watch HBO on, on cable, It'll still it'll still be appearing on, air, airing on Sunday, so hmm. so whatever. So it, that's not the case <laughs> for me, but uh, no, not at uh, all. I, you know, Brittany, we were talking about this just like a few weeks ago. I was wondering if they were going to go head to head with the Super Bowl because usually, you know, back in the day, shows never did, and there was never anything scheduled that day. Pretty much, everyone kind of ran away ran away from it. But when you have a big show like this, I mean, yeah, I don't think you want to go head to head, you know, like to with the fourth quarter. But a lot of people who watch The Last of Us aren't going to be watching it at 8 p.m. On, or don't watch it at 8 p.m. on Sundays anyway. So I think about 12 million viewers watch this show throughout the week. So they just want to get it out there. So mm-hmm. I think that episode five might have the most view, the highest viewership, honestly, when it's all said and done. Yeah. I, I'd imagine so. I mean, I think it's a good call by HBO to release the episode ahead of time and not let's say like the day after or at a later time on Sunday. I I know our, our friends here are going to be so hyped up about Kansas city and uh, I'm going to put it out there. Kansas city is going to win y'all. They better win. They better win. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think many people are going to be too worried about watching the show the day of, you know, being Sunday. So I think, Friday, I'm always good with that. I know Friday uh, is also the release for the first half of what is it? What season are we on for Netflix? You uh, is it season four, season five, season four. four. So yeah, that's also going to drop too. And just a quick plug in. We are going to be reviewing that y'all. So be sure tune in here for the watchers in the basement on our review for Netflix. You because that show is great. Anyway, fucking go. I'm so ready for it. Yes. So ready for it. Let me just say, episode five looks like it's gonna be fucking lit. Yep. It looks like it's gonna be fucking lit. 
fire. Oh my god, it looks fire. lit. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll be watching that uh the second it hits HBO Max. <laughs> so, Same here. I'm gonna be watching you all day Friday, <laughs> and then I'm gonna be watching The Last of Us Friday are night. Y'all, are y'all gonna make me watch you? I just I, I ain't making you do nothing. I'm, I'm not <laughs> caught up on it. I've only seen the first season and a half. I haven't, I'm not, I'm not gonna I, be on the podcast. So yeah. I mean, that's I stopped good. halfway through season three because I just I got tired of the story. <laughs> I just got tired of it. Oh man, I'm all for toxic city and relationships, dog. I, I support it. He's, the he's, the he's end so of fun. season three. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah. the end was the, the end was as comparable as it was season one. The, mm-hmm. the end was crazy. Hell, matter all the ends of each of those seasons were nuts as fuck. Yeah. Things no, I, never, this, I didn't even expect. This one was on a different level, so I'm excited for season four. But Tristan, if you want to watch or rewatch you, you're more than welcome to. If not, no one's going to hold it against you. I'm about to restart Succession. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got your priority. You get my, it. You my, get it. my toxic relationship is family. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Marcy puts it well. You is back in time for Valentine's Day. Heart hands. What up, Marcy? We all need a Joe Joe Goldberg in our lives, like psychotic and you know sadistic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, he might be a good podcaster. We don't know, you know. Like that's seems like he has a lot to say. Um, yes. So the last thing I have about the Last of Us is so we're heading to episode five, which is the midpoint of the season. I want to direct this question at Tristan. How do you think the show, I, I always talk about the pacing of the show. We know the show has been, has already been picked up for season two. The kind of belief was before this started that, Hey, there's two games. So there's probably going to at least be two seasons of the last of us. How is the pacing of this show comparable with the first game? Like, like, are we at, like right now, if you're playing the game, are you kind of at the midway point as we are with the show, or is it, you know, is it you know not not anywhere close? What, what's that like? I think we're just about where we need to be. Okay. Um, I think the narrative choice, and I guess the pragmatic choice, the technical choice they had to make um, to go from change from Pittsburgh to Kansas City like literally puts them on pace to where they're supposed to be like going to basically they have to make it to Wyoming. If you told me where the season was ending, I would tell you exactly where we were. Um, But they, this could be another house house of dragon to where you kind of stretch out um, the, the main plot line to like introduce more characters and flesh those characters out. So it it really depends where, They've decided if they if they end season one how they end the game, then yeah, uh, they're about forty percent. I would say forty percent through uh, where they need to be, and we're, that's where we're at. We're forty percent, right? Pretty much where we need uh, where we need to go. So 45 percent uh, towards the end. If you're telling me that season two ends where uh, the game one ends, then that, it gets a little trickier after that. But if you're if you're telling me hey, game one, season one, then we the pacing is perfect. I, honestly, I would right. say. See, I think this, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people, and, I, and I'm I'm included. I was like, well, there's two games, so there'll be two seasons. And I think that they obviously knew they had a a hit on their hands, mm-hmm. and I think they're pacing this to where 
like the first game might be two seasons. The second game might be two to three seasons. I, I mean, I, I think that's very possible because of all the deviations. I mean, basically, you know, we're four episodes in and every episode has had a, a slight to major deviation. Right. So, and all those deviations, all they do, they add, they add character, they add, you know, they add character, they add plot. They're not taking anything away. So to me, it seems like they're going to extend the last of us. It won't be just be a two season show. Yeah, let me just say those games are long as fuck. Listen, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of like 150 hours, right? Or hundred something hours like to be those, in there. Yeah. Like game two, there's so many points where you think it's the end. Like it, right. it, you feel like, Oh, this is where naturally like a movie or TV show would end. And you got another five hours. Like, and it's like, <laughs> Oh, the story plot twist. Yeah. Plot twist. Now you have to go save <laughs> this person in a different town. It's like, Oh fuck. Like, so it almost is like you're playing the game three different times while playing it. So it's, it's like the Mandalorian starring Pedro Pascal who has to like do side quests in order to make it to it the is. end. <laughs> but it's like, what's the end? Even game two ends to let you know that there will definitely be a, a third game. Like, so right. the story just keeps going. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you tell me where they're ending season one and I could tell you like perfectly where they, where they are. But I think they're perfectly paced based on where I think they're going to end. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely ask you this question after the ninth episode of the season. We'll get our, uh, we'll yeah. check in on where we are in the story of the game. Uh, Frank, do you have any final thoughts on uh, The Last of Us? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a good show, man. It's keeping my attention. Um, it's the Pedro Pascal, man. He he he's acting on, on a different plane. Like the the man is, he's he's on one right now, and. Uh, He's keeping me engaged, and I can't wait to see uh, what else comes up in this season. Um, I'm excited. I am. Yeah. Brittany, last final thoughts on The Last of Us. Jose Pedro, how do I say his last name? His middle Pascal. name. Okay. Palmaceda Pascal is a, is a treasure to us all. I love it. He's a, an incredible actor. I mean, we already knew that in Game of Thrones, but to see him really evolve with this character of Joel and how hardened he obviously was after the death of his daughter to the point where we're seeing him, like Tristan said, go into parent mode with Ellie. What links is he going to embark on in order to save her and get her to where, wherever she needs to be and, and wherever she needs to be is at the end point. And I'm going to guess it's not, it's not going to go over as easily as, maybe once anticipated, but I really enjoyed this episode considering it is the shortest in the series thus far. I think it still told a great story. The pacing was still very well done. And I am, this, the show is actually, it's growing on me figuratively, not literally. We're not turning into these clickers because fuck that shit. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying this show. I'm, I'm actually glad I've, I've given it a fair a fair shot. Now, when we get to that Hulk version of clickers or whatever they're called, and we'll talk about it, like Tristan said, next, I next show. Was, I told Fuck. you it was coming. I, I, Fuck. I was very clear on like, you think clickers are bad. You're going to, hmm. clickers won't mean shit to you. Well, they will. Hmm. Like, you won't mean, really mean shit to you once you've seen full scope. 
it's so, so funny the dichotomy. Like everybody's like, "Oh, that's a cool show." Meanwhile, I'm like <laughs> rearranging this shit on my all time favorite. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like I love this. Like every scene of every like I love the slow parts. I love the action parts. I love the 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 dialogue. I love the the character. I like the, I love the new characters. Like mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the show already had me hooked because the game. This is my favorite video game of all time. Um, no game has no game has like elicited an emotional reaction like the last of us and you'll see like we're, we're already seeing it in the show but even in like these little moments in in the in the game like you feel the characters and you feel what they're going through and it's such a, an anxiety and stress inducing game um what i'm about to do as soon as we wrap i'm gonna go sit down on that couch and i'm gonna pick up i just restarted it so like <laughs> this game has a hold on me and again, initially I was worried, like, man, will they be able to like capture this magic that they did in the game on the show? And they captured it. Like they fucking exceeded all expectations to me. Um, I love this show. Uh, and I love this episode because it, the transition from this highly emotional, um, I, I heard, can't call it a bottle episode because it's a completely different definition. But this uh, more focused, on, you know, on this small, these smaller plot line, like to transition right back into the action, it's lovely. Like I, 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 I love this to death. So uh, this was this was amazing to me. Yep, I liked it too. I'm a big fan of the show. So now you know what we think about the episode. We want to know what you think about it. And Brittany, how can people let us know what they think about The Last of Us? Well. As always, we invite everyone to join us for our live chats. We want to thank Amber from All of Amber's Wands, who's also a watcher. She says she's been loving the show, which is surprising since she usually stirs away from zombie media. Girl, I'm the same way. also want to give a shout out to uh, Marcy once again for joining us. Uh, shout out to Yesenia, longtime uh, fan of ours. And uh, she's excited that's going to come out. The next episode is coming out Monday. Monday? Just kidding. We're going to review on Monday for the episode that's premiering Friday. That's want to make that clear. And it moves. Appreciate you being here as well. So if you haven't done so already, y'all, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. Like this video. Tell it your friends. A lot to, tell your friends, neighbors, uh, your fellow clickers, and, you know, strangers on the street, whatever, you know, do what you got to do. But also be sure to follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Use at Watchers Basement when searching for us. Use that same hashtag, Watchers Basement, to help grow our audience. Send us memes, send us articles, send us things that you want us to review, and we'll put it on our list. I know we've got, as I mentioned, you next in line. Uh, We're bringing back 1923 as it just came back on television. We're going to also talk about The Mandalorian when it comes out, I believe in March. Ant-Man, we're also going to do some rewatches of Ant-Man, y'all. So be sure to tune in for that as Quantumania is around the corner. And lastly, if you're not into our video podcast, you can check us out on your audio podcast, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Be sure to give us a five-star rating. Thank you, Brittany. Appreciate it. So for Brittany, for Tristan, this is Justin saying we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Look for the light.